One of my favorite deeper dives of 2023 was the one we did with Nurse Nikki on the new mastitis protocol. We got so many great questions and comments during the deeper dive from all those who attended live. Shout out to Naomi, who told us at the end that she was going to fix all her care plans right away. Same, Naomi. Use the link in the show notes to subscribe and have monthly live access to all of our deeper dives, as well as all of our recordings going all the way back to January of 2020. You don't want to miss out on this. And we can't wait to see you at the next deeper dive. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey, Annie. Hey, Leah. How are you? I am doing well. How about you? I'm great. I am super excited about our new Deeper Dive series. If you haven't heard about these yet, we're doing these one-hour Zoom calls once a month on a different topic, something we've covered in the podcast, where if you join live, you can possibly be brought on screen with me and Leah to talk through a challenge that you're specifically having, but we're also recording the calls and making them available to you afterwards so you don't have to be there live because I know timing can be difficult and schedules and all of that. And you're always going to have that last minute client that's going to make it impossible for you to come. So Leah and I love making these podcasts. It's so much fun. We love interacting with you. We know a lot of you are listening because we see our, our download stats kind of like give us some imposter syndrome. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, a lot of people are listening. And you're also talking to us and giving us feedback and helping us make the show better, which is we love it. We love this two-way conversation we get to have with you guys. It's definitely a huge value. I think about, you know, just to have one hour to get on a call with other people in the trenches with you talking about these topics that really impact our day-to-day -day business. You know, we're going to be delving into charting and um, how to do doctor's reports and dealing with money and self-care and um, just so many amazing topics. I mean, I selfishly am like, I'm so excited we're doing these because I want to talk about this stuff with my peeps too. You know, I want to talk shop with the people that um, are in the trenches with me. And we want to keep doing this for as long as we have things to say about private practice, which so far our our list of topics that we want to talk about is ridiculously long. It just goes so on and on. There's so and, much. And then it feels like every time we have a podcast, I'm like, oh, we need to talk more about that one piece of the thing that we just talked about. You know, it's just like it builds on itself. And so we're really excited to bring this deeper dive to you. We appreciate you so much. And um we hope to be appreciating a lot more of you. So thanks. <laughs> Before we dive into the content of our episode today, which is why IBCLCs need therapy, Leah, what's your motivation for today? Yes. Yeah, so my motivation today is to take a minute or not a minute, but more than a minute, but to really think about your support team, who's around you supporting you. I think this is a concept we really talk about with our postpartum families. And I think we need it just as much. We need to have people on our side that we are, they're our go-tos when things get tough. And sometimes it's really helpful to 
to think about it so that you know in the moment here's my 911 person here's my um you know paid person that I'm going to go to when things are really tough. You know, I think it's so helpful to think through it. So my, my motivation tip for you today is to take a minute and like write down the five people that are going to be supporting you that are on your support team so that when you do need some extra help, you do need to talk through something that's overwhelming you that you have those people on your list to go to right away. So I want to have everyone make a list, five people that are going to have your back, that are going to be there to support you. That way, when you're in a bad place or just having a really rough day, you know exactly who you're going to call. It's great. I mean, I hope I can list five people, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And if I, if I can't list five people, I'm going to try to think about like, why, like, if, if, like, who's on the fence? Like, who am I like, (laughs) I want you to be one of my five people, but you're not like, what's going on there. Um, Right. And it could be somebody that you're paying. You know, it could be a therapist or a life coach. It could be your partner. It could be your mom. It could be your colleagues, a mentor. Now, you, you can know. have like diff- a different person for the different facets of the things you're struggling with because yeah. what we're going to talk about, I think this, this leads us into what our topic today is about, which is why IBCLCs need therapy. And Lee and I actually went back and forth about the title, like, should we put therapy in quotes? Should it just be therapy? Should we even say therapy at all? Because we, first of all, don't want to make light of needing therapy. Therapy is great. And I know I kind of like, will say this sometimes to my clients, if you feel like you might want therapy, just get therapy. Like it's like, there's no harm in getting it. And even having the feeling that it might be helpful to you is probably a sign that it, that it will be. But we also know that there are things that we're struggling with that don't re- don't aren't at the level that require a therapist actual therapy um, but require different kinds of support. So Leah, why is this work so hard? I think we have so many layers of challenges in the work that we do. We have the clinical layer, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us to have such a vast array of clinical knowledge, you know, we're just I feel like that's a huge burden on us and and everything's always changing. Like I feel like, oh my gosh, I haven't read that article. I haven't read that study. Oh, I got to get caught up on who's doing what, when, where, and the, you know, are the new classes I need to take. I just think there's this really huge burden to stay ahead of the game, to be on top of the game, to be a sought after IBCLC. You got to stay up with the times, you know? So there's that layer. There's the layer of the really tough, hard things that we're doing in consults. We're working with people that are very vulnerable. They might have been through traumatic experiences that could be triggering to us, or it could just be really heavy and that's weighing us down. We're also giving, giving, giving the whole consult. You know, I feel like sometimes I have to be so on, you know, I mean, just giving my energy, giving my energy. And it's not like, you have an unlimited well of energy to right. give. I mean, you and I both talked about like those days when you just come home and your family's like, how is work, honey? And you're like, I just need to crawl into bed for a yes. thousand years and not think about what we all just went through at that right? house. Definitely. And then I think we tend to, you know, carry a lot of burden of our client situations, even though we say we're going to have boundaries and we're not going to do that and we're going to let it go. We're going to walk out of the house. We gave our referrals. We did our things. But I think 
as an IBCLC, most of us come from a place of being just a very compassionate person. That's what led us to the work that we do. And that compassion kind of makes things linger with you. You know, it's the 2 a.m. and you wake up and you're wondering if the mom is in pain at home trying to get that latch that you guys got. Or is that baby getting supplemented enough? Or is that mom really getting the support, additional support she needs? You know, it's all those clients that wake you up at 2 a.m. or you're in the middle of washing your hair in the shower and you're like, oh my gosh, are they okay? I hope they're okay. You know, it's like that burden that we carry with us all the time, I think really weighs us down. And I know we've talked about that a lot, you know, compassion, fatigue, lack of self-care. Oh gosh, imposter syndrome. I mean, imposter syndrome's a big one. We just did a call on that in January was our deeper dive call. And it's huge for us. And I think it really comes from all these huge demands we have on the work. I mean, we're kind of the booby fairies and the booby fairy. It seems like there's a lot of work and demand behind that. It's so true. Like that demand and, and the isolation that comes with it where, you know, you need to be confident for your families. You need to, you know, help, they need to be able to trust you and you need to be able to stand by your recommendations, you know, to the family and to their healthcare team, especially when, you know that there's a chance that the healthcare team, the you know care providers for the parent and the baby are going to completely dismiss everything you've said. And then you're like, okay, well, do what they said and let me know how that works out for you. And it's, it's hard not to feel like that makes me feel angry. And I'm not angry at my client and I'm angry at the care provider, but I have nowhere to put that anger. I have nothing I can do with it. I just kind of have to hang on to it. And like the same thing where, you know, you hear, you know, somebody is sharing, you know, how much something hurts or they'll tell you more about your birth story, their birth story than you needed to hear. And, or they'll start to try to get you to be their therapist for their birth trauma or their marital problems. I mean, yeah. And you're like, I am not trained for this. Can't take that on. (laughs) But like, you just gave it to me. You just handed it to me. And, you know, I hope that I'm doing a good job referring them out to the appropriate professional. But the reality is they, they hand us, we get yeah, these things. Yeah, that's still in your mind. You can't like dismiss it. It's going to sit there because now you've heard it. You know, you can't unhear it. There's so many things like that that you're like, I am now going to have that in my brain. That is now there. Can't take it back. Won't be able to erase that one. And then that builds up and builds up. And then like you said, we have this additional layer on top of all that of, you know, everybody else that kind of makes our job a little bit harder, whether it's the parents getting contradictory information from family members or their best friend who, you know, did 12 weeks to 12 hours of sleep thing, or, you know, the pediatrician who, you know, feels like, no, they don't think the restricted frenulum is going to make a difference or, you know, there's so many layers that then kind of build on us when it comes to just the work in and out daily work that we're doing. And the that, fact that we have a job that's weird. Like yeah, it's not, we just, you know, it's like so unusual to most every other job out there. I just, I mean, like you go to the dentist and you have a new hygienist and they're making small talk. What do you do for a living? I'm a lactation consultant. And now they're like in there with the instruments in your mouth telling you how, like, why breastfeeding didn't work out for them. And you're like, I just literally came here to get my teeth cleaned. I didn't come here to help you process your breastfeeding like, grief. 
like lactation therapy or something. It's like you become the vessel for everyone's you know, poor lactation outcomes or their great lactation outcomes. Either way, it's like you just become the vessel that gets to take all that in everywhere you go. I feel like, oh my gosh, I'll be at a Christmas party that like for my husband's work and they're, what do you do? And lactation consultant, oh man, I, you know, I tried to breastfeed, but this happened and this happened and on day one, blah, 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 blah. And then on day two, and I'm like, oh my gosh, your kid's four, how long is this going to take? You know? (laughs) Um, Like we're okay. And suddenly we're taking a history or like, or you'll get the story where somebody will be like, oh yeah, I breastfed my, my child for, for 18 months. And you're in your mind, you're like, oh yay, a happy story. And then they're like, and it was awful. Oh, <laughs> and and like, like, that, I was like, why did you do that to me? Like for a second, I thought it was going to be really nice talking yes. to you. And now like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry that it, I mean, I am sorry. Like, I don't want somebody to have Genuinely, to do something for 18 yes. months that they found awful, but like, right. But it is I'm a not lot. your I mean, person just- for this. I feel like like we get this like layer upon layer on us, you know, and it just kind of builds and builds and builds. And it's like, we need to stick a hole in the bottom of that bucket so it can start draining out the other side. And I think that's where our coping mechanisms can really come in to help us manage that. So it's like, our bucket's all full of all this mud, you know, and then we're going to, we're going to poke a hole in the bottom of it. So how are you poking holes in your bucket of mud? (laughs) <laughs> Gosh, I mean, you know, I I definitely lean on my primary support system, but there's, you know, which is for me it's my husband is the main person who gets to hear all of my struggles. <laughs> but you know, there's some things that I struggle with that he can't understand and that I just like don't feel like explaining to him <laughs> like yeah, why it's, like, it's this a thing. Would take 10 extra hours. Like I just like... want a hug. I don't yeah. <laughs> you don't need the context. I just want the support. So he's not really always my person where I'm going to sit down and be like let me go into why this was specifically so hard. I mean, he loves to hear me complain about the pediatricians who push sleep training <laughs> even when the babies are like falling off the growth chart at 2 months and they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." sorry to hear your baby's not gaining weight, but guess what? You can now sleep through the night for 12 hours. Just let your baby cry. It'll be awesome. Like he, like he's great for that. Like, you know, like rally the troops kind of thing. But when it comes to the nitty gritty, like it's, you know, it's you and it's my friend, Jen Deshays up in Syracuse. Who's like, you guys are the ones that get the Marco Polos from me who are where you're, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe this just happened. I'm going to take just a minute to tell you about Kathy's upcoming course. It is called Understanding Infant Reflux and Related Conditions in Lactation Practice. Early bird pricing is open now through May 16th, and which is the day, May 16th, when all of the course content is going to open. We've got six hours of recorded videos plus an additional two SERPs. So that's eight L SERPs total for self-study work that Kathy is going to be grading and reviewing and giving you feedback on. So Kathy, you put your heart and soul into this course. I know all of the research that you did. What is one of the things that you're most excited about teaching learners in this course? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't pay any attention to occult blood in the stool. I've actually had a couple of moms on elimination diet because of a positive occult blood test in perfectly happy, healthy babies. 
And this makes really no sense at all. But that's one of the little take-home messages. There are many. It's filled with nuggets and gems like that. Every second of this training is going to give you things that you're going to be able to use in your private practice. So definitely sign up for that. You'll have once you're in, you're going to have all the way until May of next year to get through this content because it's stuff that you're going to want to watch and rewatch again. So we're so excited that Kathy put this course together for us. And, you know, without giving any details about the clients, like I, I'm really even with my closest people protecting privacy, but, you know, you can share without sharing anything that's going to be too much. And I mean, I need that. And I know I get them from you too. And, and it's nice. I mean, like, like having that two-way street, unlike a therapist or a life coach, or like I have a business coach that I've been working with now for over a year where I call her, I tell her my business problems. She gives me solutions. And I don't even have to say like, how are you doing? I mean, I do, but like, (laughs) I don't have to ask her anything about what's going on with her. Or take on any of her stuff. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, just like, so I guess like that, the the four of my five people, and then I have a, I have a good friend who's a business owner. She does, um, she makes curtains and she's the one I can call up and be like, Julie, my boss is the worst boss. She doesn't give me any time off. She didn't let me have a lunch break today. I've been holding my pee for four hours because my boss is so awful. And then she'll be like, I think your boss is pretty great. Does your boss and your employee want to have a drink tonight? (laughs) So it's like good because she and I can like make fun of each other for working too hard, but also support each other because sometimes you have to work hard and you can't always take a break. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, just remembering our self-care because taking on all this stuff and the different layers of stress that our work gives us, stress builds in the body and then results in you feeling worse and worse because your body's not functioning at peak level, you know, so that, that self-care. So yeah, there are going to be times where you got to pay the rent. So the people got to be seen and we're not going to be able to just take off a week because we're stressed. Right. But that's where taking care of ourselves, even in little tiny peak moments, you know, I love just some counted breathing, just sitting in my car and five minutes, I'll just set a timer and just, I'm just going to breathe. Just big belly breaths, just breathe, take all this level of stress down. Even for five minutes, your body will thank you. I mean, certainly staying hydrated and eating good and all those things we, we know so well. And that's where sometimes having somebody that can hold you accountable for that kind of thing, I think like a life coach is a great person for that. So, you know, they, again, are paid so that you're not going to be taking on any of their stuff. And they might be able to hold you accountable for some of that self-care that you are skipping on because you are so uh, overwhelmed, you know? Definitely. And, you know, back to what we were saying at the top of the episode, therapists are great at what they do. So you should, number one, know who the therapists are in your area that you can refer families to for perinatal mood disorders. Because I'm telling you, when somebody starts to unload something that is going to be too much for you because you're not trained to deal with it, because we're not mental health professionals, unless you are, in which case you're super cool. I know, Um, so cool. But it can feel really good to be able to say to a client, wow, that sounds really stressful. 
I'm not trained to help you with that, but I know some great therapists who are, and I would love for you to be able to talk to somebody. They're, they're really great at helping you work through those, those difficult circumstances. And um, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm going to make sure you get that list. I would love for you to call someone today. And then you're like, it's not your problem anymore. They told you their problem and you said, here's what to do with it. But then for yourself, I know, you know, for a lot of people who are running their own businesses and, and we've already said like time is a big factor and making time for anything is hard. And for me, I think about like, oh my gosh, like I cannot get physically get anywhere. Like that's just so daunting. And especially here in New York city, like even like you look, start up finding somebody in network who can help you. And then like geographically close, like there's nobody like that I can walk to that is a therapist. So then I just like give up. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. And, And like, it's been fine. But I, you know, have, was reminded recently that a lot of therapists are doing telemedicine, virtual consults, which I know a lot of you are doing with your clients for breastfeeding. And that's so easy. You don't have to go anywhere and your insurance can cover it like if you're in the U S. So, you know, you might be getting emails from your insurance company saying, Hey, do you know about, you know, online therapy? Um, yeah, I know ours has been promoting it big time. Yeah, definitely. I think it's such a wonderful solution for so many busy professionals that there's a way that we can, it's like we're taking away the barriers to getting the help that we all need, you know? Because if we're not getting the help we need, we're not helpful to our clients. And so if anything, getting therapy is a smart business decision. Definitely. I totally agree with that. that. Well, I think this has been a great conversation because I know this is one we probably need to have every couple of months because I feel like we need these reminders. I know we've talked about it several times over the last year, but I feel like every time we talk about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do need to do a better job of reaching out to my support people and and taking care of myself in this so that I don't burn out because I really, under all of it, love the work we do, but we are at such a high risk for burnout. So we all got to take care of ourselves, please, 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 so that we can keep doing this amazing work. We're changing the world with the work we do and we need you in the troops. So don't- All of you. All of you. Yeah. Each and every one of you. So as we wrap up today, Annie, I know you have an amazing tech tip that will make our lives less stressful. Tell us, please. For sure. So I get a lot of questions about taking photos during consults. Like, how do you take a photo during a consult? So obviously, a lot of you are just having the clients take photos themselves on their own phones so they can have that for reference. But then thinking like, how do I get that into the client's chart? Or I want to take photos during the consult, but I'm scared that they're going to end up on my phone and my that group chat that grandma started is going to be spammed with bleeding nipples, um, <laughs> no. which I think like you should really be careful about what ends up on your yes, phone. So sure. <laughs> my tech tip for you today is you don't need to use your phone because once upon a time, before we all had phones, there was this thing called a camera what? and a camera it took pictures. And then there was a little keyboard. And then it, that's it? Like it only took pictures? It only took pictures. What? You couldn't even make a phone call on it? You could not make a phone call. You couldn't text anyone. This is crazy. I, could, I can't play two dots on it. 
Um, oh, wait, you just no. stick it in, <laughs> stick a little cable into your computer, transfer all those photos over. And what you could do is you could take photos during the consult. Like, I think it's still a good idea to have the family take their own photos on their phone just because then they have them. It's really easy for them. But take that same photo, stand behind them with your camera, take that picture that, or take all those clinical pictures you want take a photo of the client's name, like even just take a picture of their chart, either on your clipboard or on your device with their name, take all your pictures. And then when you get to the next client, take a picture of their name, take all their pictures. And then like once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whenever you get around to doing it, connect your camera to your computer, import all those photos, put them into the client's chart, erase the SD card, and you have bypassed all of the cloud-related issues. I love this tech tip because we totally forget that there's even such a thing as a camera that's not connected to the interwebs that like needs a cable to go to your computer. Exactly. <laughs> it's like so, so crazy that we forget about that. And I would recommend too that before you do that import, this is a little like secondary tech tip to go along with that one, is you can turn off iCloud photo sharing while you do that import so that you can just do a local import and then delete the photos from iPhoto. This is for all of you Mac users, trash them and then turn iCloud sharing back on. You could even, if you wanted to be super safe, is disconnect your computer from Wi-Fi while you do that import. And that's going to prevent you from even accidentally sharing them and just, you know, turn off the Wi-Fi, import the photos put them where they need to go in a folder and then delete them out of anything that could be shared. And, um, and then you're good to go. Awesome. That is a great tech tip. Thank you so much, Annie. You always have the best tech tips. All right. Well, this has been a great episode, such wonderful reminders for all of us. And I look forward to our next episode, Annie. Definitely. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Did you know that for just $15 a month, you can join our live Deeper Dives and also get all of our recordings back through January of 2020. Sign up today and be part of the conversation. The magic happens when you show up.